the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and uh, if you are tuning in, you're listening to Let Us Reason. And we thank you so much, by the way, for your avid support, for standing by us. Uh, it's so exciting to say that we are approaching, really, uh, the end of our fourth year already. And it's really an amazing thing uh, when you think about it. Uh, when we started it uh, uh, almost four years ago, it was just a dream that such a show uh, will succeed and last uh, beyond a few weeks. And uh, by the grace of God and by your uh, support and prayers, uh, here we are. And we pray that this will continue to go for many, many, many years to come. Obviously, we want to give glory to God. Uh, At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about Him and uh, the, law, uh, the God we serve is a God that um, have a heart for the nations. And we certainly would like to make sure that we fulfill our part of that calling by reaching out to those who do not know him. And this is really the heart of my ministry is to equip believers to reach our Muslim friends because I myself is a former Muslim who knows what Islam is all about, what does it teach. But most importantly, I have a heart for my people, and I want to make sure that they have the opportunity to go to heaven and spend eternity in the presence of our Lord. Now, uh, periodically, as uh, you have noticed in the last uh, probably uh, few months, that every now and then I will go and uh, spend a whole show, like today's show, to give you an update on some of the most recent uh, Facebook posts that I have been doing. And the reason why I do this is, first of all, um, you can use these updates that I give as a companion, basically, with those posts, because I'm giving you more insights. And at the same time, to bring you up to speed on some of the things that I'm doing, in case you are not aware of some of the other uh, tools that we have in our ministry. For instance, we have a website. The website is called sirainternational.com. That's C with as in Charlie, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. In the website, you can go and find a number of teaching seminars in there. You will find links to many of our videos and so on and so forth. You'll even find a link to our podcast. Now, the podcast was hosted uh, on SoundCloud, and now it is being hosted uh, on Omni Studio. So you'll still find the old ones, but now you'll find also 
uh, uh, the rest uh, on this new uh, platform called Omni, O-M-N-Y Studio, one word, Omni Studio. And uh, just search for Let Us Reason, uh, Al-Fadi, and you'll be able to listen to these shows. We also have a YouTube channel, and the YouTube channel is also called Sira International. We have one in Arabic as well, and we have one in English, and we have fabulous, fabulous video series that are intended to be done professionally uh, in an academic fashion to help everyone, including our Muslim people, to either learn, get answers, or be challenged. And then I also use Facebook a lot. In fact, we are venturing into Instagram, and we might use other tools, but Facebook has been really the highlight of many things that I do. And I am, you can say, a Facebook, uh, basically, um, contributor on a daily basis. I interact with my followers. I correspond with them. I ask questions of them. I challenge my Muslim uh, friends. I have a lot of Muslim friends, by the way. It's not exclusively for non-Muslims. No, I encourage Muslim friends, basically, or others uh, 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 who are not my friends yet to send friend requests. Sadly, of course, I've maxed out. I reached my 5,000 limit, so I have at least 100, uh, if not more, um, uh, basically, friend requests on the waiting list. But you can always go also to my ministry uh, Facebook page. So my personal uh, page, which maxed out, is alfadi.sira, A-L-F-A-D-I dot C-I-R-A. C-I-R-A. That's where the action is. You can always follow me in there. You don't have to be a friend, but you can follow. You can also go to my ministry page, The Al-Fadi, and the actual, uh, you know, Sira page as well. It's called Sira International. So throughout all of these three pages, you'll come across a number of posts, challenges, videos, you name it. Hopefully that will be another way for you to connect with our Muslim friends. So it is one of the things that I wanted basically to deal with today. Uh, I want to give you the rundown uh, on a number of uh, posts that I have been basically, um, you know, uh, posting, if you wish, on my Facebook page uh, and uh, explain to you why those are important. For instance, um, we have basically one recent post that I just posted almost 30 minutes ago. It's called Amazing Dilemma. By the way, I have a lot of posts that I call either a dilemma, some I call serious dilemma, some I call major dilemma, some I will call amazing dilemma. It all depends on the context itself. I use the Quran a lot, but I don't use it to evangelize. I use it to challenge my Muslim people so that we can draw them back to the scripture. In this particular uh, one, we call it Amazing Dilemma, and I'm talking about a, a chapter in the Quran, chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 30, and it's speaking about the creation of man. It's almost like the equivalent of Genesis 1, if you wish, talking here about the creation of Adam. And in this particular verse, it uh, supposedly the God of Islam is telling the angels that he is going to create a caliph. Uh, a successor or a representative, if you wish, of him on earth. Okay? Now, here's the reason why uh, it's spoken of this way because in the Quran, the uh, Garden of Eden was actually in heaven, wasn't on earth. And therefore, God is creating man now and sending him down to, have, uh, to earth to be his successor. 
So you can begin to see now that there is something different, strange, about uh, the creation account when it comes to man in the Quran versus the creation account when it comes to man in the Bible. Furthermore, when God made this declaration, the angels, the angels actually says, why do you want to create someone who is going to wreak havoc on earth, be wicked, and become a murderer? Which is an amazing thing. Why would the angels have more wisdom than the God who is supposedly the creator? And second of all, we begin to hear something strange. It's almost like sin is part of the plan. You see, in the Bible, we read that God made man in his image, in his likeness. God is perfect. Man is created to be in an innocent and a perfect state. Therefore, sin wasn't part of God's plan. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female he created them. This is the account of Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Nevertheless, that's a whole different story because in Genesis, when we read about the fall in Genesis 3, we begin to understand the redemption process that is taking place. Something went wrong and therefore God is now going after man to redeem him. But in the Quran, it appears that wickedness was part of the plan, that man is created to act in a wicked way. In fact, it is, according to Islam and the Quran, that Satan uh, actually uh, fell out of the presence of God for the following reason. I know it's going to sound strange to you. The reason why Satan was casted out of heaven is not what you and I are accustomed to, that he wanted to elevate himself to be equal to God. Rather, it was a very strange scenario that happened. The Quran says when God created Adam, he asked the angels to bow down to him in worship. Notice, worshiping man, bowing down in worship to man. So, so all the angels did this except Satan. Satan says, I'm not going to bow down to man. You know, I am on Satan's side here. Why would you bow down to a human being? I mean, it doesn't make sense. How can God, who said in the Bible, my glory I give to no other, all of a sudden allows his own angels in heaven, who are above man, by the way, to bow down to man? And here's the strange thing. When we talk about Jesus, who is the word of God in the flesh, God incarnate, that he was being worshipped, all of a sudden our Muslim friends get upset. But Jesus is a whole different story. He is God in the flesh appearing to us to teach us how we live righteous life and he himself came to redeem us. We're not worshiping man. We're worshiping God who came to save us. That's a different story than to say you worship in Adam. Who is Adam? Adam was a sinner. Adam sinned, actually, by account of the Quran, even predicted to be a sinner and a wicked person. So this is why... I post things like this because I want people to be challenged by those kind of 
uh, verses that are found in the Quran. Here's another ver- uh, post that I posted last uh, last night, uh, uh, almost 24 hours ago. We called it Serious Dilemma. This one comes from chapter 5 of the Quran, verse 48. And uh, let me see if I can uh, go and read it for you. I like to be very careful when it comes to reading Quranic verses because I don't want my Muslim friends to think I'm just fabricating words. I want to put the exact, uh, basically, wording in there. Obviously, in Arabic, uh, it was going to be difficult for people to follow. So I'm going to read at least the English translation of this particular verse. Here's what's going on in chapter 5 of the Quran, which, by the way, was revealed almost towards the end of the life of the Prophet of Islam. Okay, Chronologically speaking, was revealed towards the end of his life, almost a year and a half to two years before his death. That's important because the Quran actually uh, is not organized chronologically when you open it as a book, but when you look at it chronologically, of course, you begin to understand that things that came last superseded things that came before it. And this particular context in chapter 5, starting from verses 42 to 48, talks about the importance of both the Old Testament and New Testament compared to the Quran as well. So they're all made equal to each other, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Quran. Be it as it may, the idea here is that the Quran thought highly of the Bible, okay? And the reason why I bring it up, because our Muslim friends attack the Bible and its credibility all the time, yet the Quran itself never said so. Now, when you get to verse 48, the argument is being made by the God of the Quran is that Muhammad, supposedly, even though his name is not mentioned in this verse, but the perception is that, Allah is speaking to Muhammad, is that he's reminding Muhammad that unto you, Muhammad, we revealed the scripture with the truth. What is the scripture here? Well, that's an interesting thing because in this context from verse 42 to 48, the word scripture is used to denote basically not just the Bible, but the Bible and the Quran together as if it's a one continuous book. Okay, that's number one. In other words, the Quran came as a continuation of the truth that is found in the Bible. And it says, we reveal to you the scripture, of course, in this case, you can say the Quran, even though it's not mentioned by name also, with the truth, confirming what scripture was before it. What was before the scripture of the Quran? The Bible, both New Testament, Old Testament. So the Quran's job was to come and confirm that truth and also protect it, watch over it. See, When a Muslim friend attacks the Bible and says the Bible is corrupt, they're attacking their God and attacking their scripture because they're saying both the God of the Quran failed, the Prophet of Islam failed, and the Quran failed to protect the scripture. That's what chapter 5 verse 48 is teaching. That's why it's important for us to point these things out. And also in there I talked about some grammatical problems. Our Muslim friends will tell you that the Quran is written in eloquent Arabic language, heavenly Arabic language. That is the model for grammar. Sadly, I can tell you that's not the case at all. In here, for instance, if you read it in Arabic, uh, somebody's speaking. Let's say it is Allah, and he is speaking in, about himself in a, a first-person plural, okay, and speaking to somebody in the second pers- uh, person singular, let's say that's Muhammad. So Allah is speaking about himself in the third person plural. And he's speaking to Muhammad in the second person singular. 
And then he's saying, we reveal to you, Muhammad, basically, the book uh, in truth, uh, uh, confirming what came before his hand instead of before your hand. So it's speaking about a third person here and in the third person singular. So there is some confusion taking place in terms of the grammar. So I pointed that out as well. Now, why do I do this? Once again, the idea is to challenge the Islamic thinking. Remember, I was a former Muslim, I'm a former Muslim and I was a Muslim. I lived the Islam all of my life. I studied the Quran inside out. I studied many of these sources. Therefore, I am trying to help my Muslim people see the problems there so they can be set free and find the truth. By the way, thank you again if you're joining us. This is Al-Fadi, and you're listening to another episode of Let Us Reason. And today, I am doing updates concerning uh, some of my most recent uh, Facebook posts. And uh, another one of the posts uh, on my Facebook, uh, and by the way, periodically also, just to give you an idea, we will give a link on my Facebook pages, whether my personal one or the ministry ones, to some of the videos on YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, Zero International. We put a link as a post on Facebook so that people are aware that it's been released, meaning the video, and they can go and watch it and share it as well. Here's another post that I called Dilemma. And this one's speaking from chapter 22, verse 34. And uh, it says in here that uh, the God of Islam have appointed sacrificial blood rites to every nation. And my question was, why blood? Why the blood sacrifice? What's the significance about the blood sacrifice? Here is again why I ask these questions. This is the Quran, by the way. The Quran itself in chapter 22, verse 34, is saying this. And in fact, if you keep reading 34, 35, 36, the, all of it is talking about different kind of blood sacrifices. Why? Why is that significant? Because our Muslim friends attack the idea that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. You see, the Old Testament, especially the book of Leviticus, which I'm sure many of you meditate on the book of Leviticus on a daily basis. If you read Leviticus and you also read the book of Hebrews, you begin to see the beauty of the good news. Jesus was not only our high priest, but also he is our perfect sacrifice who presented himself as that perfect sacrifice to a holy and a just God. And on account of that, now we can approach the throne of grace confidently as we read this in the book of Hebrews. But in Leviticus, there are different sacrifices offered for sin. And Jesus, of course, fulfilled all of these different sacrificial systems he was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb without blemish. And by his blood and by faith of his work on the cross, now we are saved once and for all. You don't have to present these sacrifices on a daily basis, weekly basis, uh, during ceremonial, uh, uh, different ceremonies and festivals or annually uh, at Yom Kippur. Nevertheless, that's what the Bible teaches. But our Muslim friends attack the idea of why blood sacrifice. Sadly, the Quran teaches about blood sacrifices. Muslims during the pilgrimage once a year all over the world do blood sacrifices. Why? For the remission of sin. So I'm pointing out things that are obvious from the Quran, by the way. You see, this is why I use the Quran to point out the things that confirm what the Bible is teaching. Now, would you kindly join me to come back to the Bible and see for yourself why the blood sacrifice is important. So this is why I teach these kind of techniques to our uh, brothers and sisters 
uh, in the faith who are believers so that they can use it uh, effectively to witness to our Muslim friends. Let's take a look at another post. Uh, this one I called it Major Dilemma. And it's speaking of chapter 17, verse 16. And here is what's so troubling about this particular uh, passage. In this passage, in chapter 17, verse 16, it says that the God of Islam, whenever he wants to inflict judgment, let's say, let's use Sodom and Gomorrah as an example. Whenever he wants to inflict judgment on an entire village or town, he himself will cause certain people in there to act wickedly in a fashion that will demand his judgment, and therefore he can inflict his judgment, and now he's justifying to himself why he judged him. Did you, did you catch all of this? I mean, if you're sounding confused, uh, sounded confusing to you, you're not uh, really uh, wrong in feeling this way. Because here is what we're saying. In chapter 17, verse 16, is a glimpse of who the God of Islam is in the, in the Quran, basically. He is a God that is the author of evil. He himself creates sin and causes sin to take place and justifies to himself that he needs to judge the people. Where is mercy? Where is compassion? Where is grace, if that's the case? And how can a just God and a merciful God and a graceful God be the one who articulate, uh, 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 basically uh, orchestrated, I should say, that the people would sin first so he can judge them? You see, it doesn't. it's almost like uh, he is the actor and the savior at the same time, or he is the actor and the judge at the same time. It's almost like tampering with evidence, okay? If I want to use a legal term. I mean, no judge, no human judge in the right mind is going to accept that he himself can go and plant evidence and then bring the victim, okay, uh, uh, bring the, I should say, the suspect and say, you know what? We found these evidence in your room when the judge himself has planted those evidence. Does that sound right to any human uh, mind, basically? That the, the, the judge on the bench that is judging you as a suspect is the one who planted those evidence anyway, or maybe entice you to act wickedly so that he can justify why he's sitting on the bench and why he's a judge. You see, it's confusing. What I'm trying to say is that humans have higher standards when it comes to justice than this kind of teaching that is found in the Quran. Again, it's chapter 17, verse 16. My Muslim friends get upset with me, and I am sorry that you are hurt by those kind of posts. I'm doing it for your own benefit. I like to go to a doctor who tells me, listen, you have this deadly disease and we need to really do something about it. Then the doctor just keep loving me all the time and not telling me what's wrong with me. Okay? That's not what we're commanded to do. Jesus said he came to seek the unhealthy, not the healthy. If, if you're healthy, uh, righteously speaking, uh, Jesus doesn't really need to seek after you. But no one is healthy. We all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. We're approaching the end of our episode. And if you've just tuned in, this is Al Fadi, and you're listening to Let Us Reason. And today's show was a kind of like a recap concerning a number of our uh, Facebook posts, specifically on my own personal page on Facebook, which is alfadi.sira. But you can always go and visit our ministry pages, The Al Fadi, and the other one, Sira International. 
And as always, encourage people to please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel and become also a Patreon patron where you can donate as little as $1 uh, to support our efforts to keep this podcast going on the air and to develop, uh, develop and produce many of our videos that are intended to equip the believers and help them basically to uh, reach Muslims effectively for Christ. Once again, this is Al-Fadi, and I want to thank you for making uh, an effort to listen to us today. You can always go to our website, Sira International, or even to our social media platform, Omni Studio, uh, to listen to these shows. And previously also were hosted on SoundCloud, which you can go there as well and be able to listen to all of our previous podcasts from the beginning. This is our almost fourth year. We thank you for your labor with us, for your prayers, and for your support. This is our body, and uh, I cannot thank you enough for your partnership with us. May the Lord bless you richly. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.